with Ari, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week, we're on episode 194, and we're asking, have you ever come across your story idea at the bookstore? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. So have you ever come across your story idea at the bookstore? The reason Ari and I decided to talk about this is, one, we thought it would be a fun, interesting conversation. And two, we take forever to work on our novels. So someone's bound to come up with our idea and do it first. I'll start with the first answer and I'll tell my sister's story. Yes, she has seen her book title a few times at the bookstore. I don't remember what the books are about. I don't remember if they're similar to her novel ideas, but she's seen two different book titles at the store. And that's it. That's my story for her. It's a wonderful story. You're welcome. But for me, on the other hand, as many of you know, I have been working on my mystery novel for quite a few years now. And one time a few years ago, like this was pre-COVID, my sister and I went to the bookstore and there was an author doing a reading and signing of his latest book. And I apologize, I can't remember the author's name. I don't remember the book title. But when a worker announced it over the loudspeaker, the plot was super similar to the subplot of my book. And I don't know if I really want to explain it because despite me writing my own book, I don't know if it's considered a spoiler or not. Essentially, the female protagonist sought out the detective to find her missing father, where in my story, the female protagonist seeks out the detective to help solve her father's murder, which is going to be a cold, closed case soon. And the way, again, this was a few years ago, so I'm probably not even remembering it correctly, but the way the worker explained the story over the loudspeaker and said the back cover blurb I was like wow that's George and Lila and I my sister and I we just stood in the middle of the store just staring at each other and she was like do, do you want to go to the reading and I was like no because I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna just he's gonna say my story <laughs> and that was a few years ago and I still haven't finished it so you know I hope that dude's doing well so well that you don't remember his name or his book title. It sounds like you've repressed it and just pushed it down. Well, no. <laughs> I don't. Ooh, that was a I very uh, pregnant pause there. No, 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 no. I'm awful when people speak through loudspeakers. I can't understand what they're saying most of the time. And a lot of time when I'm at Barnes & Noble, I'm usually in the cafe, so it's louder in the cafe. So that's my excuse. And also, yeah, it was a few years ago. Why would I remember? You might have wanted to remember so you could keep an eye on him and being like, you know, he might have been writing all your books. He probably is. Who knows? And it's you know what? If he is, good thought. for him. <laughs> good for him because he's actually finishing them. So that's fine. I can't remember. There was a poet, I think. Um and uh, this again, it's one of those things where did I read this? Did I hear this? Or have I made it up without realizing it? I'm sure there was a poet and she used to like, she would hear the poems come in and she would write them. And if she didn't get to pen, a pad and pen quick enough, they would carry on past her. And she had this concept that they would go to the next person they were, who was open to it. And I do think sometimes 
the muse can get a bit pissed off pissed off at us and be like oh you know what you're taking too long I'm gonna pass your story idea to someone who's gonna finish it that's a really interesting way of looking at things because we've talked about it in a previous podcast episode before about whether we need truly unique story ideas and we were talking about how most books well, pretty much all books they're more or less the same they all have similar themes they have they follow a similar storyline like the hero's journey quest what have you and it's just the way that the author writes the story and how they develop the characters and what type of world that they build that's what's unique about it so i'm sure whoever this dude was at barnes noble if i actually read his book if i actually picked it, i probably i should have bought it i should have looked at it when i was there but i didn't think to I'm sure his story is vastly different from mine, even though they're still so similar. But I like that. The muse just is just like, screw you. I'll go to the next person in line. That's great. That's it. It's like, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're dithering around too much, you know, she's, she's busy. She's got shit to do. And it's like, we're wasting it, which is how I feel right now. Um, but yeah, I have to say, I've, I've obviously, sorry, I have to say, I've never had it where it's been like a like a really big chunky plot that's been like wow that's my whole novel I might as well just not bother. There have been enough like pieces or like you said like subplots where it's been like oh wow that is so similar to something I'm either writing or I've just got really excited about and it has totally deflated me. Um but, you know, it, it's like we've talked about, it's, it's mostly someone else's take on a similar idea because everything has been done, you know, almost everything. I'm sure every now and then the, the most weirdest thing will come up that's very, very unique. But it's, you know, it's not even once in a blue moon because blue moons come up like three or four times, you know, well, it's every three years or something. It's way more than that. So, yeah, you have you have to be comfortable with your own writing voice and your own characters and your own world building um because yeah I, i'll be honest it could be really disheartening to see similar things especially if you think it's something really unique or it's something like wow no one's ever done it um i've been to movies and watched and then it's got to the end and it's like that is exactly what mine was gonna end like and they've probably done it better and yeah it's <laughs> It's really frustrating, and if you're not careful, it can really bring you down. Um, especially if it's like some author that's never been heard of, and suddenly now they're a bestseller, and you think, "Wow, that could have been me." <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's a little upsetting. Um, but I I always remember when I was younger, and I may have mentioned this like well, well early in one of the first episodes we did that I wrote a sci-fi when I was a teenager and I gave it to my parents to read. I don't do that very often. <laughs> and I remember my, my dad read part of it. It wasn't a full, I, didn't, I, I never give the full thing to anyone. It's always like a test. You get a test and then we'll see how you do. So I gave him a bit. And I remember he read this book and he, he, he read the few chapters I gave him and he went, oh, wow, it's like Blade Runner. Now, this was before I'd seen Blade Runner. And I got so disheartened because it's like, seriously, I've come up with this really cool concept. I thought it was cool. I was a teenager. It's probably not cool. But I'd come up with this concept. And then he was like, oh, it's like Blade Runner. And then years later, I watched Blade Runner. And the only freaking thing that was the same 
was the flying car. <laughs> and it was how it was flying that I had I'd created this car that flew and how it flew. And it was the same style of how the car flew with these like um, rotating boosters where the wheels would be, which is probably not unique anyway, you know, sci-fi. But it was like, was it? I didn't have simulants or like robots or whatever the kind of remember. I'm sure it's simulants, isn't it? Uh, whatever it is that Blade Runner has, there was no one like going after some, you know, people pretending to be human that weren't human. I can't even remember. <laughs> it's been so long since I watched it. But, you know, it was like, there was none of that. It has nothing to do with that. It was about a computer virus. <laughs> I was like, and I'd stop writing it because I felt so bad that I had obviously like copied this idea that I hadn't even seen. And it turned out that one piece of one part of the description had triggered a memory with my dad. And he'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that type of car. And instead of saying, oh, they have cars like that in Blade Run, it was, it's like Blade Runner. And because I was young and, and it's, you know, you're easily crushed when you're young, <laughs> like seriously. And I just, I just stopped writing that. I'd written most of it and then it got waylaid and you know, relegated to the cupboard and I started something new. And then when I remember watching it, I'm thinking, I can't believe I stopped writing that. It's not even close, you know? <laughs> it's like saying Star Trek and Terminator are the same because they've both got like robots and androids. And it's like, they're not the same. You know, they're so, they're so not the same at all. That's how it felt. So, yeah, that was a bit of a roundabout way of saying I've had some things that have been have come across in bookstores, chunky, chunky ideas or endings that have been like, I thought they were good and they turned out that somebody else did it better. Um, but you've got to be careful because we are our own worst enemies. Humans are great at finding patterns and seeing similarities. You know, we are the world's biggest mimics. We, we we don't mean to, but we can we can get easily influenced by things. Not saying that that's always going on. Like like I said, I haven't even seen Blade Runner, but we we can get so attached to that sort of thing. Like oh, it's very similar to this, and you're thinking, think about all the retellers, think about all the remakes and and the reimaginings and the, the re 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 whatever other re words we've got. It's somebody just telling a different story. It's somebody tweaking something. So yeah, there's going to be ideas out there. Um, so whatever you do, just be careful about putting yourself off from the story and being like, no, I'm not going to write it because that's a really bad thing. <laughs> even if it's like more, even if your story has been more similar to, to somebody else's, unlike my Blade Runner incident, because, you know, we're, we're different enough, I think. I'm going to stop rambling now. No, we are different enough. And I do remember you telling me that story about your dad. And I think, I mean, yeah, when you are young, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have stopped writing it because I would have thought that I plagiarized somehow or copied the original or whatever. But how many times do you see a book at the store and you flip it over to the back and it says, oh, if you like the Hunger Games, you'll love this. That's such a huge marketing tactic now that it's like we recognize that this book is so similar to this really super popular series. So if you like that, you're definitely going to like this. Here, pick it up. Pick it up. 
so it's it's kind of funny how it, it went full circle in some weird way. But I also I want to bounce off of what you said earlier when you said that it can be disheartening to see things that are similar to other things. And it, it most definitely can. But on the other hand, if you look at it from like a different angle, it can be encouraging at the same time because like that author many years ago who came out with a book similar to my subplot of my book, if he could make it, then I can make it. That means if he's writing a story with that type of plot, there's a market for it. There's an audience for it, I should say. So it can work in your favor. It just depends on how you write it. And I mean, books are subjective. So not everybody is going to like your writing voice. Not everybody is going to like your style and that's okay. But whether you have a similar plot to somebody else or not, it it's still going to be different. So it'll work somehow. Yeah, you're right. There, there is that thing, isn't it? It's like even even authors are like put it on the back of their book. It's like it's a cross between a court of thorn and roses and to kill a kingdom and Hunger Games. And they literally say like, if you like this stuff, then you'll love this. It's drawing you in. And I think it's annoying when you get people who, and I know I probably said this exactly the same thing when we did the unique ideas where they're like oh my god you're writing um a trial one it's just like hunger games as if trials haven't been around for for ages i mean hello the 12 trials of hercules i guarantee that predates hunger games you know or these like um these like fight these battles to the death you mean like when they had gladiators fight and i don't mean the movie i mean actual gladiators you know in history you know, there's all these different things that people jump on. And and yeah, there are going to be people who pick one thing out of your story and go, oh, it's just like such somebody else's book. And that's going to happen in reviews. That's going to happen with beta readers. That's going to happen with regular readers. And some people are going to be like, oh, I love that because I really liked it in that book. I really like the idea of this book. And others are going to make you feel like crap because you happen to have a quest. And oh, my God, so did Lord of the Rings. It's the same book. Or you got a trial and it's like Hunger Games or you're on a boat with a tiger. Well, obviously, if you put a boat and a tiger together, then you are doing Life of Pi. Because <laughs> I remember like when my the first stuff I started writing like pretty intensely after the sci-fi was my, I call it vampire fiction. It's really preternatural fiction. The vampires do fe feature quite heavily, but, you know, I have a lot of other monsters in there. And I, I was writing that um, when people were still into Anne Rice, um, Laurel K. Hamilton was pretty big. And then it started petering off. And you get people going like, oh, vampires are boring. Nobody reads that anymore. It's like, yeah, they do. It's like, yes, there are trends in the market, which is why you might be more likely to, if you're writing pirates and pirates are trending, you are more likely to see storylines that are going to sound or feel similar, similar to yours because there's only so many things you can deal with with certain storylines you know if you're pirates and they're on the sea then you've got sirens you've got sea monsters you've got other pirates there's, there's a certain number of things you unless you're writing some crossover you're not going to get aliens attacking you're not going to get vampires attacking usually again maybe you're thinking of some great ideas from all this but yeah it's it's the the fact that people have written something similar is a, a show that there are people out there and 
I think sometimes we can get tied up with, well, is it trending or is somebody else writing that now or has it lost its sparkle? There's always somebody who's going to be wanting to read something like that. You know, it's like sci-fi comes in and out all the time, doesn't it? It's like it gets really big and then it fades away and it gets really big again. But even on the times when it's not really big, there's still sci-fi fans looking for that book. And it doesn't matter that you've written something similar to what somebody else has, as long as it's different enough in your own voice, which we talked about. Did we talk about voice? Did we do an episode about voice? I think we did. I think recently, actually. (laughs) Honestly, we can't even remember the episode we did like five minutes ago, so we got no chance. But yeah, um, this is messy and I don't even know how to end it. So I'm just going to go. I'm done. No. Okay. Well, what you said earlier about you know, if the Hunger Games has trials and then you have the trials of Hercules. So obviously which one came first? And I think that's such a huge thing is that if people only see like the one thing, if you were introduced to trials from the Hunger Games, then you're like, wow, the Hunger Games invented something really cool. And it just makes me wonder where did these ideas originate from? Where did these trends originate from? And I'm going to tell you guys a quick little story that has nothing to do with books, but it kind of goes along with what I'm talking about. Do you know the song Bubblegum, Bubblegum in a Dish, How Many Pieces Do You Wish? No? Okay. No. So when I was little and we'd be playing at recess and we were playing tag and trying to figure out who was it, we'd all put our feet in the middle and we would count Bubblegum, Bubblegum and count the feet and then whoever's foot it lands on how many pieces do you wish they'd say three and then you'd go one two three and whoever's foot it lands on they get out so they're not it they're safe pretty much because nobody ever wanted to be it in tag and i was babysitting when um this was like a year or two ago when i was babysitting i picked up the kids from school and they were playing after school with their friends and what do you know they were gonna play tag so they all started singing bubblegum bubblegum in a dish And I was like, wow, I haven't heard that song in years. And my kid looks at me and she goes, Rachel, we made this up. And I was like, the hell you did. Absolutely not. Like, I thought my friends and I invented that song. And then it just really got me thinking that I'm like, where did we get that song from? Like, nobody made it up. It's just a thing that kids... No. And I don't know where it comes from. I don't know who originated the song. I don't know how we learned it, when we learned it, where we learned it, who we learned it from. I don't know. But it's kind of the same thing with all these book ideas is that when you find an author that wrote a similar idea to yours or you go to the store and you see your book title slapped on somebody else's cover, it's just... I don't know. It's all in our heads. It's weird. It's weird. I am just going to add a quick thing about book titles. When I was younger, I did used to think that every book title had to be unique, like, you know, massively. And it's similar with author names. You know, it's like, oh, you can't have the same name. And it, it it's not. It, you can. You can have the same the same name as somebody else. You can have the same book title. It all comes down to marketing and who the hell wrote those books first because if you don't want to you don't want to publish a book called the shining <laughs> because we all know that that's 
Stephen King's. Now that's not saying it's out of bounds, although you never know, maybe the publishers will come after you. But it won't help your book at all if you name it The Shining. <laughs> because if someone hears that, the first thing that they're going to think is horror and Stephen King. And when they find out that it's your romance novel about shining shoes, you know, some shoe shine guy falls in love with some shoe woman who needs her shoes doing, I don't know. It's 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 not going to work as well. It's the same with names. It's like you can have authors with the same name. You just don't want to have the same name as a really famous author because when people search for your name, you're not going to come up just like your book won't come up if it's the same name as somebody bigger with a bigger catalogue with a more prolific presence is the word I was looking for. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking, oh, no, every name has to be different. Every every book title has to be unique. Uh, and then I remember finding, like, you know, someone said, oh, have you seen this book? And I'm like, yeah, I've read that. And then they're talking, you're thinking, that's not the book I've read. <laughs> and it's because, same name. So, yeah, that's just a random point. I um, Yeah, that I'm adding in. That is a good point, actually, because I thought the same thing. I thought every book title needed to be unique. And one of the things I would do would go on Amazon and type in my book title. And if it popped up, I'd be like, well, I can't use that. Nope, can't do it. Doesn't matter how popular it was or not. I just thought, oh, well, it's not going to work because I'm stealing somebody else's title just because they did it first. But that's not really the case. I mean, I do agree with Ari. Don't title your book The Shining because it's it's not going to end well for you. Just It's just not. But I think if you find a similar plot or title or whatever in the bookstore to yours, don't don't be disheartened by it. Just keep doing you because again, I'll reiterate, we've all been we've all been there and we're all unique. All of our story ideas are unique in their own way. All of our writing voices are unique. So just roll with it and keep doing what you're doing. That was really corny. I apologize for that cheesy ending, but I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to you guys. Have you guys come across your story idea at the bookstore or title or what have you? Let us know your answers in the comments below because we're really curious. And remember, we do release a new episode every Wednesday. Next week, Ari and I are going to argue over spelling differences and vocabulary differences and all of that fun stuff between the U.S. and the U.K. So to ensure you don't miss that, because I know you all love it when we argue, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your way out. As always, thanks for listening to the Merry Writer podcast. We'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Half Empty Notebooks. We keep buying more. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.